Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, it's the Bash Bros. Hello. <laughs> uh, so, what's up? I'm Bosco. This is Zach. Um, and we're, you know, uh, man, 10 years in the making, huh? Yes, sir. 10 years in the making. You know, I remember when we were listening to, to like, early JRE back in, like, the 2010s. I remember us talking about starting a podcast, right? But, like, back then, you know what I mean? It was, like, like I don't even think Amazon was popping like it is now. You know what I mean? I just got these fucking mics off of Amazon. It was easy. Easy, cheap. I remember when it, when it was, when I was looking into doing one back then, it was, like, super expensive and, you know, like, to get mics and shit, but, you know. Before podcasting, you had stuff like talk radio right so before podcasting got big in the mid 2010s you know there is stuff like you know stuff i definitely listened to you know like coast to coast a class the legend art bell the uh, legend a classic precursor to you know a lot of like mystery and spooky podcasts that are really popular these days or um you know my mom used to listen to npr shows on saturday mornings like uh car talk a classic bosco needs to check that one out yeah. those guys are awesome yeah. or this american life i think everybody knows Ira uh, Glass. hi i'm ira glass <laughs> yeah, but that was always something you know that i enjoyed and i definitely think yeah we were early podcast consumers early you know joe rogan is is you know worldwide worldwide but back then he was still just you know the fear factor i remember how shit i the quality used to be and i was just like i was here for it because honestly no one wanted to talk to me so many of his early ones were with uh you know brian redband on uh on uh, Justin TV or Ustream, you know, they used to stream them live, and I swear, like, some of the earliest ones, they were, like, in their living room, or whatever, kind of how we're just in your shed here like this. But, live from the shed. Um, you know, another early one I listened to is Comedy Death Ray. Oh, I love that. They're always, are later become Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, um, that's when I fell off. But, you know, those are definitely some early inspirations, you know, I just, I loved, uh, listening to podcasts or talk radio, you know, the conversation. Now, is it because is it because no one would talk to us in high school that we <laughs> that we listen to podcasts? Cuz I think that's the reason no one no one wanted to talk to me. No one. Yeah, maybe partially I think, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, we had a lot of thoughts and I think we wanted some outlet other than just, you know, bullshitting between the two of us or whichever of our friends would listen, you know, it was like we wanted to find some outlet. So, you know, for the record, we had, we have talked about making a podcast for damn near a decade. Damn near. And never have. Until now. Until now. When the market is fucking saturated to all hell. True crime podcast. Just our time to come in. True crime podcast run amok. Yeah. Sports podcasts are the bread and butter of fantasy players everywhere. My dad listens to that stuff nonstop. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) 
But, you know, we're just, we're too very, you know. And every comedian nowadays has a podcast, too. They saw what Joe Rogan did or Adam Carolla's early days, the Adam Carolla show. You know, those people, you know, every before he be- Before he became a fucking conservative goon. <laughs> every comedian saw how successful those, the, that format was for those two, you know. Now, you know. Right. It'd be hard pressed to find a comedian who doesn't have a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, we're not comedians. No. We've never done stand up before. But oh, I have, and I've done terribly. We're kind of not that funny, so. Yeah, we're kind. We're kind of funny. From time to time, I guess. You know, we're we're okay, but you know, I don't know. We just kind of wanted to put this out there. And, and for the re- you know, also one thing I have to say about myself is I think a big thing that kept me from like you know diving in and doing it was I kind of get performance anxiety yeah I, I can see that too so it's like oh I definitely do you know, whenever like, whenever like I like um you know I don't really have a problem with public speaking but um oh my computer's acting weird um but uh you know when um like like if I had to like get up in front of anybody and talk or whatever like like I will talk and I'll do it, but like I do, I don't know why, but it's like the fuck it for some reason. Whenever I like, get up in front of people, I just start like tapping my foot incessantly, like like shaking almost, like I have some kind of disease or something. You know what I mean? And you know, but um, but yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. You know, I think this is gonna be definitely a learning process, finding the rhythm for sure, taking what we think are good, engaging and fun conversations that would be enjoyable for anybody to be a part of or just listen to, but then having that actually translate into something meaningful and something people would give a shit about in podcast form, you know, that's going to be the challenge. There's definitely going to be a learning curve. Definitely, you know, and I think think the thing is, is that we're, you know, we're two guys, handsome. We've got a... Face for radio, but a voice for print. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like uh, you know, we we talk each other's ears off incessantly, and our friends, and you know, they you know they they interject and they talk, but I think me and you probably have the most passion for talking. Yeah, and, but that's because we're fucking narcissistic assholes. Perhaps. <laughs> but um, you know we're. We're gonna we always like to use the phrase "you hold court." So holding court, you can hold court on the podcast. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's literally all that all that's going we on. Both hold court. Exactly at the same time. The court of Zach and Bosco. Exactly. It's now in session. Welcome, <laughs> everybody in the gallery. <laughs> um. So yeah. So like, we're gonna do just you know like some basic stuff. Like I, you know, me and Zach, we watch a lot of movies. We'll give, you know, drop some movie discussions. I think we're also possibly doing, thinking about doing some music, music type stuff, talk about music. Um, but we're going to try and do this show um, at least once a week to get something out on a regular basis, you know. But uh, with that being said, you ready to start? Yeah, let's get into it. Why don't you start with... Uh... A topic you're passionate about currently. <laughs> well, there's one. There's only one real topic right now that that really kind of has my attention. It's a story that's like ongoing, and you know, it's. I think it's really important because um, I think 
you know, living in America, you know, we're, we were all, you know, from a young age taught to believe that we live in a meritocracy. You know what I mean? If you work hard, then you'll succeed, right? And with these tax leaks from ProPublica, I've, you said you'd heard of from before I hadn't. And, um, you know, they uh, got a hold of some... Um, and, you know, I, I just, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is an important story to talk about, even though it's like fucking taxes, who gives a sh- you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, so fucking boring, right? Who wants to fucking talk about taxes on end? But, um, I think, I think there were some interesting numbers in this documentary, so let me run them down for you. So, it, it highlights the 20, so basically they got the tax records of the 25 richest individuals in the U.S., right? Um, two of our personal favorites, mine being Jeff Bezos and yours being Elon Musk. We can't stand him. Can't stand him. Fucking cock boy. Um, and, um, yeah, so, like, basically, it just goes over all these different numbers. So, like, here, I'm going to run some down for you. So, in recent years, the median American ha- uh, household earned about $70,000 annually and paid about 14, 14% in federal taxes. Um, and the, 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 the elite highlighted in this article paid a true effective tax rate of 3%. Which is crazy. It's crazy. Like, you think... I mean, just that off top. Like, how how is it fair? It isn't. It isn't at all. That's the... That's the asked and answered. It isn't fair. Um, so, 14% taxes for the average person. Right. Working... Federal. Class. Right. About $70,000 annually. And about 3% for upper class but where does that number start are we talking people who are making more than 100k it's it's more than, it's more than half it, it, a million more in than in, million? in the article it just highlighted the 25 richest americans okay all right so um yeah we so they say in the article we compared how much in taxes the 25 richest americans paid each year to how much forbes estimated their wealth grew in that same time period we're going to call this their true tax rate right um, those 25 people saw their worth rise a collective $401 billion from 200, 2014 to 2018, and they paid a total of $13.6 billion in federal income taxes those five years. So, yeah, that's, that's about 3.4% right there. Um, from 2014 to 2018, such households saw their net worth expand by about 6,500 after ta- 65,000 after taxes on average, mostly due to the rise in values of their homes. But I don't know if you caught this story recently. It's I might talk about it another time, but uh, it's a crazy story. But basically, we're on the verge of another housing bubble. I don't know if you're aware of this, no. but um, not a homeowner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, we're in our fucking twenties. Late twenties, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, but basically, there's all these companies outbidding people on um, like BlackRock that are outbidding people on on homes where it's a company like owning a, a home, right? Because that, that's what they see the next big payday is be being America's landlord, and it's 
a very scary story. <laughs> like, if you think about it, just a company, just um, a big conglomerate company owning all these fucking houses. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be impossible for people our age to fucking own a home, and they're getting they're getting overbid in cash. They're paying above the asking price, so regular you know they you know regular people like us they they get their money together right they're like all right we saved a much we have enough for a down payment we got the loan right and then here blackrock comes in and fucking bids like like 50,000 over the asking price in cash and then what do they do with those homes they rent them out yeah they rent them out they basically like i said they basically want to become america's landlord you know, it's one thing interesting, uh, here in the Bay Area, at least, you know, there's been this, in the past year, there's been this, uh, you know, I don't know how much of this is media sensationalism and how much merit there is to this um, continuing um, trend that I've at least noticed in the media of, like, the people being like, oh, um, Californians are leaving the state en masse. And, you know, but I will admit since I've been here back in the Bay Area over the past few months, um, I definitely have noticed uh, a lot of homes on the market. I possibly might be a seasonal thing. I don't know when houses go on the market most of the time. But anyways, you know, I see them get bought very quickly, though. Right. Houses and that's get snatched up. Right. So I'm like, if people are leaving, like, why are these houses selling so quickly? Because take, for example, you know, a historical example of this let's say like the midwest like detroit or a midwestern city right when people leave those cities those houses were left derelict right people they weren't like snatched up like it's that. it's pr- like you detroit's know, like the abandoned city it happens it people may leave but the houses well the, can get bought quickly right and left abandoned right and that's what I'm, I'm telling you about it's like these these companies it's not just blackrock but that's one of the biggest ones i've seen in talks of this but, like, there's a lot of people who are pissed off because they can't fucking even make a bid on a house without getting outbid by a fucking company. And that's that's sick. Because generational wealth is built by owning a home, right? You, I Like, that's something that, like, I didn't really even realize until I read this story. But it's true. You think about it. The house gets left down, down to the kids, you know, whether they sell it or keep it. That's, like, the money. And, you know, part of your... Class standing depends on where you live, too, you know. A right. nicer house in a nicer neighborhood means nicer schools, means access yeah, totally. to better health care, totally. to better resources, public yeah. or otherwise. Right, exactly. So, sorry, that's a little bit of a tangent. But basically, back to the article, the the tax document. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, okay, so this, this is, was an interesting thing I found. Okay. Consider Bezos, 2007's, one of the years he paid zero in federal income taxes. Amazon's stock more than doubled Bezos' fortunes, left $3.8 billion, according to Forbes, while he reported a paltry $46 million for him, paltry for him, uh, in income, largely from interest and dividend payments on outside investments. He was able to offset every penny he earned with losses from side events investments and various deductions like interest expenses on debts and the vague catch-all of category of other expenses, right? So the question gets posed, so how do mega billionaires pay their mega bills while opting for the $1 salaries and hanging on to their stock, right? Um, 
for some of the 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 for some of these rich people, like in, in the they highlighted Elon Musk that they borrow money against their company's value, right? So Elon, he will report a low income, but he's basically borrowing debt against his companies, which is uh, look, it's 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 a lot of fucking, you know, it's a lot of bullshit, smoke and mirrors, all this shit. But but this is how this is how they game the system. Um, again, uh, 2011, a year in which his wealth held steadily at 18 billion, Bezos filed a tax return reporting he lost money in income that year and was offset by investment losses. What's more disgusting, if you ask me, is that according to the tax law, he made so little he even claimed a $4,000 tax credit for his children. Um, yikes. Big yikes. The fucking Lex Luthor, rich, rich, damn near the richest, Amer- is he the richest American? Probably. All right, let's just say he is. All right. That's crazy that he's, that in 2011, he was reporting that he fucking made zero in income. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. It's dis- What do you think uh, gives the ultra wealthy uh, the tools to dodge or manipulate the tax system in the way that they do that it's, that common Americans don't have access to because if you're a common American and you try and skimp out on just a $500 tax payment, okay it's, you're going to jail this is that's actually a really good po- that's actually a really good point you just brought up because what the article goes on to state is that the IRS has been so gutted and stripped of resources that they end up chase they end up prosecuting more times than not people making under twenty thousand dollars a year and less which are majority like like cash you know cash tip earners you know shit like that and the reason why they go after them right is I, i it's more affordable to go after the you know let's call it the ultra poor basically Going after the poor because it's expensive to mount a case against these ultra rich assholes, you know. It's you know yeah the working class doesn't have access to the same tools that the ultra wealthy have access to loopholes and legalities and they have you know lawyers and accountants that that help game help them give them the tools to you know run right. the system and that the in the way that they do whereas the working class. You know, if you want to be that guy that's going to try and game the system, yeah. working at Outback Steakhouse, yeah. you know, you're going to get caught and you're going to get, you're going to get in a lot of trouble and you're going to get your wages garnished at the very least and end up in jail at the very most. Exactly. You know, and it's... Well, unless you're Wesley... What I think is, is what is the most <laughs> troubling about this story to me is that the ultra wealthy have access to tools... And, and skills and the means to to manipulate of their course, taxes yeah. in this way that nobody else does. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're totally. They're basically taking advantage of the system. That's that's a, a case in point. I'll give you my last two points on this article. The personal federal tax bill for the top twenty five in twenty eighteen, one point nine billion. The wage the bill for wage earners, one hundred and forty three billion. That's shocking. That's shocking. Yes, there are more wage earners, but we should not be paying 
a higher effective tax rate than Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. You know, it, it, it's just disgusting. So I guess what this what this really made me think of is why do we why do we always focus on the poor individuals on government assistance and blame them, you know, like certain people we know who have made comments about, you know, people taking advantage of like, you know, unemployment, social security, you know what I mean? Like shit like that. And, but why are we, why do they get, the poor get stigmatized in the media? Oh, you know, the welfare queen that, you know, as Ronald Reagan put it, you know, uh, why is it that the the poor people in America get blamed for taking advantage of government, you know, assistance when these these billionaires are doing the same fucking shit? They're doing it worse. They're doing it worse. And you know, like like when it comes to like Joe Biden's infrastructure bill, that's he he was trying to get he's trying to get through, um, like he the like he brought up taxing the rich in order to pay for this bill. I mean, I'm putting it in a very colloquial way, but like, I don't know. I, it's just, it, it's really, dis- it's really disturbing for me that like, basically these ultra rich people, basically they just, they, they hoard and they sit on their, well, what I always think of is like with these super rich dudes is that I always picture them like smog. You know, I mean, they're just sitting on top of like all their, yeah, like sitting on top of all their gold coins and shit, because that's basically what the, like I was mentioning to you the other day, the reason why a lot of them can report making zero in income is because they own stock, stock shares, right? And they use company funds to buy back, that's a whole thing. But if they don't sell it, then they didn't earn anything, but they still, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, so they don't get taxed unless... They sell, but even when they do get taxed for selling off some shares, they get ta- taxed at like a fifteen percent rate. It's crazy, it's crazy. And I, I know, I know, for most of you, you're probably like, "Why should I give a shit?" But I, I think it's important because you know people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and they named a ton of people, and I hate how they get like lapped up by the media as like these great businessmen but in reality they're they're just they're just taking advantage you know you know Jeff Bezos thinks of the people that work for him he thinks they're lazy he thinks yeah he does he does he thinks that most Americans are lazy so I don't know I, I'll open it back up to you so yeah well I think you know, to answer one of your questions, at least, I think that, you know, people may, eyes may be more on the working class or may criticize the working class for, you know, any attempts to game the system for the same reason the IRS goes after them and the fact that it's just the easier target. You know, I think it's much harder, much more right. complicated. It's much more expensive to, to, to try and yeah, go after them. To, you know try and figure out a way to, you know, change how taxes are done in America, especially for the uh, ultra-wealthy, you know. So I guess my question at the end of all this is, you know, what can be done? Is it, you know, is it policy? Do we have to change tax policy? But, you know, that's, you know, never seems to go anywhere in America. Or, like, you know, do we, you know, how do we rally 
people to to this cause, I guess, to just make sure that, you know, that the ultra-wealthy in our country are paying their fair share of taxes and aren't paying 3% to our 14%, you know? Yeah, that 3% think, to our 4, 14%, 3 Three percent. Yeah, yeah. To our fourteen yeah. percent. So, yeah. You know, my question is how, how can that be changed? Well, you know, this is something I struggled with when I was researching this topic. Um, you know, because like the thing is, is like, with an issue like this where it's like so, it's like bigger than us. It's it's like I don't know. It's like. It's not, there's nothing we can do in the immediate term about it, right? This has to come from, like, the government, basically. The gover- the president, the government has to fucking give a shit and do something. The feds. The fed, right? And, um, you know, I, I think one of the, uh, one of the saddest things about this is that, you know, I, it's just, it, I, I just, I see, like, I see the class lines, like, dividing even more and more and more and more as the years go on, and I'm just wondering, like, when is this all gonna come to a head? Like, like, it's just, it feels like, you know, like, and if you say anything about, like, someone like an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, most of the times they, they would just be like, oh, well, you're just hating him because he's a successful businessman, you know, or something like that. You know what they say to you? Oh no! They say they say certain shit. You know, we have one friend who loves Jeff Jeff Bezos. Do we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> but I, I've I've talked to him about it, and you know, I like I I think I think even when this came out, he was like, "Damn, all right, that's fucked up." Um, but the the point is, is that America's a lie. This whole thing's built on a lie. Nothing will even with this document. You know. If- if the past examples of this or anything to go off of, nothing will happen. Because when I, when I hear about this story, I think of what the Panama Papers from 2015, right. when they're basically showed how many rich people from the ultra-wealthy, the just, you know, pro-athletes and actors, you know, use this, these Panamanian shell accounts or whatever, I don't quite remember it, to dodge taxes. And it was leaked in this huge, like, terabyte of, of information... Mm-hmm. And it came out, and everyone's like, oh my god, it really is Was that thing. through WikiLeaks? No, it was, uh, maybe it came through WikiLeaks, I'm not know. sure who it came through, but it was the Panama, it was called the Panama. No, I remember it. And everybody's like, oh my god, it's really a thing, like, we all knew this, you know, like, unspokenly, or outspokenly, or whatever, but here it is, in writing, and then everyone's like, alright, and then nothing happened, and it's yeah. probably gonna nope. be the same thing with this too. You're totally you're in any indicator of it. You're totally right, and I just think the one thing to think of uh, is is I I started looking at like how are other people reporting this, right? Like that's what I was I was I was really curious, right? So of course I always check I I check the Washington Post because you know Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post I'm sure that they were gonna um you know try to run cover for him just like they did when you remember like when uh they had uh when his phone got ha- when his phone the between him and his mistress all that shit got leaked right well he was like well you know my my phone got ha- hacked by the Saudis because I was Jamal Khashoggi's boss right. Hmm. You know the guy that got murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, but in reality, what it was, was, you know, it was this whole, you know, like the brother of the mistress was like leaking it to the National Enquirer and shit. And it was really scummy. But the point is, is that the Washington Post ran cover for him. Right. And so, like, I, I think that's the more interesting story of that. Right. So when I started looking up, you know, like what is their response to this? I mean, I showed you the other day, literally like six articles. It was like, why we should hold on the brakes on blaming Bezos. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like a lot of like, like, like I said, running cover for these people for, you know, shit that, and I don't know. I just, I think Jeff Bezos owning the Washington post is problematic for many reasons. You know what I mean? Because he basically has his own, he basically has his own newspaper to run propaganda for him. One that's already established. Exactly, and already exactly, exactly. That's the thing. Because if Jeff Bezos just started like the Amazon News or some shit like that, you know, yeah, that'd be pretty obvious. Yeah, like yeah. Like, but with all right, what is Amazon News? Yeah, but but Wapo, they get they get you know they have credibility, right? And that's what Jeff Bezos bought. And so, in a way, he got his money's worth. I mean, you know, but I, I think it's it's just crazy all the responses I'm seeing this. I mean, Merrick Garland, who's the USAG Attorney General, um, he said like, "Oh, my top priority is to research how these leaks got got." And you saw Mitch McConnell saying that the other day. He was like, "Oh, I don't know how uh, these taxes got leaked," oh. you know. And, uh, you know, I think we should uh, look into those people who uh, who leaked these documents. And it's just like, why is everyone foc- Why are people focusing on the issue of how it got leaked and not why is this shit so supremely fucked up? Oh, because protecting business is the number one priority of most U.S. politicians at a federal level, at least. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that was, that was basically all I had to talk about today. Well, I can say this. One thing, you know, in regards to him owning that WAPO, Washington Post, whatever, you know, what they say is, in America or everywhere, the poor work for their money, but the rich have their money work for them. Ah, so. uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As Jeff Bezos, uh, yeah. all the elites, they, and their he, money works for them. And, and, you know, and it's like how they get grants from the feds for I mean, science, Jeff, their, their space program. Dude, Jeff Bezos just money. got that, that money from the government to fucking do his Blue Origin spaceship. Too. Yeah, he too. did. While he was complaining about, about them giving out stimmies yeah. to people last year. He was complaining about stimmies being given out on his Twitter as he's receiving subsidies from from the government for his his space project. SpaceX, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, sorry, I'm taking off my shirt. It got a little hot in the shed. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Zach, which which what's on your mind today? All right. Well, um, this the story I was I'm gonna have um is about the uh, recent um, FBI international uh, bust on what they say is multiple crime syndicates, um, 800 arrests made um, through this um, operation. Um, They're calling it Operation Ironside. Um, Basically... uh, the FBI, in coordination with other uh, federal police forces around the world, like the Australian Federal Police and Europol, um, 
basically uh, created this program. There is a former, a predecessor to this program called uh, Phantom Secure that was a encrypted or hidden messaging app of some kind, some under under the uh, under the wire messaging um, um, service that was shut that criminals used to communicate with each other you know or you know whatever allegedly <laughs> yeah um you know that people doing nefarious activities used to communicate with each other and that this was shut down and the FBI had a um uh someone they had arrested and the guy agreed to cooperate for, you know, the reduced sentences and all that jazz and become an informant. And with this guy's help, the FBI developed a new um, encrypted messaging system called ANOM, A-N-O-M. And they basically used this guy um, and a couple other informants to distribute ANOM to various... Uh, crime syndicates and gun runners and drug smuggling operations around in, around the world, mostly in Europe and Australia. Hmm. And they basically, over the course of three years, used... So they basically Trojan horse a whole lot of criminal syndicates, <laughs> saying, hey, we got this nice hey, little... Hey, uh, we got this fancy little app you yeah, can use. Nice it's anonymous. Idea. But obviously, clearly, they're not like, hey, we're the FBI, but yeah. you know, they're just like, yeah, check out this new messaging service. It's totally legit, yeah. totally secure. It's the, it's the successor. Totally secure, bro. Totally secure, bro. It's the successor to Phantom Secure Messaging. Oh. You're going to love it. Oh, You're love it. love it. Send all your messages on there. <laughs> we promise send we won't pictures. look. <laughs> send all the pictures of all your drugs, all your dick pics. We love those. <laughs> Send everything. Anytime you have a thought about a crime, you want to think, you think about crime, you you dream about crime. You write it there. Yeah, you just put it there. Like keep it like an own personal journal. A yeah. Kind of your like criminal. And diaries. and put dates. Yeah, put dates. Dates, names, pictures. Yeah. Be, yeah. Very yeah. secret. I mean, that's very like that's a very obvious <laughs> like. Well, yeah, but like I mean. Like, to them, you know, these messaging services had existed before. Phantom wasn't controlled by the FBI, so they basically right. created a new one and, in secret, just distributed it. Trojan horsed a bunch of different crime, major crime right. syndicates. Well, I, I know there's, there's the one that... Um, that certain like journalists use like that dude uh, Ken Klippenstein he uses uh, Signal I think mm -hmm. it's called mm -hmm. which is like a it's like an anonymous like you know version of that yeah Damn. so basically they use this to collect evidence over three years and then just recently I believe it was on June eighth just about a week ago um, in coordination with the evidence the FBI had gathered over eight hundred arrests were made in Europe and Australia. But here's, here's something interesting I saw. No arrest could be made in America because in America there's laws against um, the yeah. federal government collecting your private messages. Like so, yeah, yeah, only we can do it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's you know, the rule. This was, this was an, an operation run by, by international governments with the help of the FBI was just doing it just because they're buddies, I guess, with <laughs> no, Europol yeah. and, and the Australian police. But privacy laws in America, you know, which is something that's always under attack, but is actually good for, for most people, 
helped prevent any any arrest in in of any of anyone here in America. Um, but uh, because of this, uh, they got over eight hundred arrests, like I said, and in sixteen different countries, and captured tons of cocaine. Said something oh, yeah. like eight tons of cocaine. Party. Um, tons of marijuana. Uh, tons of guns. Hell luxury yeah. cars. Hell all yeah. the things. Pretty much think like what international crime scene because whatever they got they got it all <laughs> they got it all international I mean, they, that just sounds sexy <laughs> international crime syndicate well they got busted here in this case yeah. um you know it's, it's sexy and fun until until, you get until caught. the turkish police are knocking <laughs> you know yeah. so you know um I just think it's interesting, you know. I, I like always like to gravitate towards news, you know, anything, any headline. You you like you like a lot of like world politics. Yeah, I like you know anything that's just you know interesting or I like I like a lot of espionage or intrigue. Yeah, I get stuff, that. Yeah, you know. So this is just one that trilateral like, commission. You know, <laughs> this is just one that you know caught my attention recently and was you know that's a, that's very interesting you know millions upon millions of dollars and i mean what uh, someone's in trouble yes <laughs> yeah who yeah. are of the people that didn't get arrested you know there's going to be some power vacuums there <laughs> oh yeah and of the people that didn't get arrested they're probably all there with their backs against the wall like all right who the fuck who the fuck got this Anom shit? Who <laughs> They're all in trouble. Um, Eric, you're out of the gang. If you brought in, yeah. if you introduce Anom to you your don't get gang, to go to the gang ice you know, cream social. If you introduce <laughs> Anom to your gang, knowing that it was knowingly or unknowingly that it was a police wire, you are out of the gang now. <laughs> your days of a criminal, at least in that gang, are over. <laughs> <laughs> Your career is over. <laughs> so all these people, like, they must be so fuck, and like, how that must be so suspicious. Any from now on, all the criminals now around the world are gonna be like so suspicious of any encryption messaging service. Oh yeah, now they're gonna be like every time a new one comes on the market, they'll be like, remember Anom? Remember Anom? They're gonna go back to fucking using pigeons. <laughs> Send a raven. I need some coke. That's Send a raven. That's the only secure way pigeons and ravens. Because. Yeah. You can't trust that encryption, encrypted messaging service Well, what if someone now. shoots down the pigeon or the raven? It's a police wire. <laughs> well, you know, the the pigeon has cyanide capsules. In it. <laughs> <laughs> it never talks to the feds. The pigeon never talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they may be a pigeon, but they ain't a rat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's... Um, and you want to talk about not paying taxes to connect this to the other Oh, story. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drug dealers notoriously <laughs> don't pay taxes. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking about, like, on, like, kind of, like, a smaller scale, like, like just talking to drug dealers in general. Not that I ever would. Wink. Of course not. <laughs> but, like, talking to drug dealers, especially if you're trying to get something from them, it's always, like, this dance. I always see it as, like, a dance, right? Like, it's always just, like, you can't say anything, t you know, too much. You can't get too familiar, right? Like, you know, it's, uh, you know... They're very, they're very secretive. People who deal drugs are secretive by nature, of course, because they sell drugs. But you know, I just, I find it interesting that they were just like, they were like, oh yeah, we're totally cool with this, you know, this, uh, you know, discreet, you know, messenger service. Well, I think there's a big difference between the uh, dudes on the street that maybe you're 
allegedly, possibly. We'll leave that a mystery. That one may be used to dealing with yeah. on the streets here in in the states, you know, or even in Europe or other countries, compared to organized crime yeah. syndicates. Okay, all right. Know? I guess you're right. Your, yeah. your common drug dealer on the street isn't using. They got Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's the dumbed down version yeah. of anonymous chat. They're like, yeah, it disappears. Yeah, and the FBI is not investigating them because that's small time. You know, they yeah. they want to go after the the big daddies, right? The crime syndicates and. You know, hit them where it hurts. So well, that's if a, you're in Europe or Australia, I'm sorry dump. for your reduced drug supply. Here in America, though, all parties are innocent until proven guilty, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah, so. brother. America. Um, all right. That's, that, was, that was good. I like that one. Yeah. You know, if we were doing this podcast, I was thinking of other articles. Like, if we are doing this one, the Ever Given happened the evergreen ship i would have loved to have covered that story oh the pa- the panama canal yeah, ship the, um, <laughs> suez canal yeah. the suez canal my bad. um well or, you're talking about the panama papers um you yeah or the uh the panama papers would have been good too at the time or um the one that I the was crime the about, crime the crime the heist the, the heist. dresden museum heist yeah where they got away i mean maybe if we do like in retrospect stories because yeah that might not may not be a bad idea we'll jot we'll jot that down other heists we'll jot you know that have occurred real ones yeah um that have occurred you know i you know that dresden dime museum heist had me like captivated for a good minute when that was going down at the late 2019 i think that happened I think they're still uh, at large. I don't know if any of the things that were stolen were ever gathered from that. But, um, yeah, so drug dealers stay safe out there. Yeah, <laughs> stay safe out there. Um, all right, so I, I brought another story to the table, to the shed. I brought it to the shed. Um, it was basically, um, I don't know, this past year, obviously, it was a weird one. Um, oh man, you know what I hate? I hate it when people go like, "Oh, that wasn't on my 2020 bingo card." <laughs> unprecedented. Unprecedented. My God, I. Uh, I never want to hear the word unprecedented again, again, unless it's like, "Wow, your your dick is unprecedentedly huge." <laughs> 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 interesting that was like kind of like ongoing last year was there's always like oh knocked over my mic um there's always like these uh like get rich quick schemes right they're always they they always exist right they like you know there's i i think i mean i'll get into that later but there was a lot of like get rich quick schemes whether it was like the gme you know GameStops, the stuff uh you know doge even AMC to a certain extent, and I think I'm still holding AMC and Doge. Nice, nice. Um, um, but basically, like, I think I think it's interesting because I feel like it's been something that's been targeted a lot towards younger males for some reason. Like, this whole, like, like you know, like, oh, like, you know, gorillas, we hold strong. That whole bullshit.
bullshit. And look, and I'm t- this is coming from the stock market rush that's occurred in the past few months definitely does feel male centric in some weird way. It totally I know, is. I know there's definitely women that are in on it and whatnot, but yeah, it definitely feels like it almost feels like it has a weird connection to just like gaming culture and computer <laughs> computing culture. Yeah. In some weird way, which you know is male dominated or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> continue, please. Um, but yeah, so, um, so basically, I think it's, um, uh, I think it's interesting that all this was, you know, going on because, all right, Buck, I gotta take Buck out, he wants to be third mic. Just leave him be, he's your special guest for today, surprise guest in the studio. Bucky. Bucky the cat. Um, but... Basically, um, I think it's I think it's interesting because not so much that I I feel like a lot of people got involved me uh, when they shouldn't have because they don't understand the way the market works, you know, or like how to invest in the stock market. It's uh, a good word, um, conservatively. Properly, you know, they call a lot of that. I I learned a lot of stock market terms that I'd heard before, but never understood. Um, recently, and they, the professional investors or the investing conglomerates call it um, the the layman just investing their spare cash. They call that dumb money. I'd heard that term before, mm. but yeah, they call it dumb money. The other thing I heard, <laughs> my money dumb. <laughs> the other thing I heard was if if you're getting into it when everybody else is, you're already you're too late, man. If you're you reading know. this, it's and a- another saying that I heard also that could apply to all this is one that I only know it because of a Chiodos song from the band Chiodos. It's uh, uh, bears make money, bulls make money, pigs get slaughtered. And I'd always, I always thought that was a weird title for a song. I was like, what does that mean? And then I saw online someone say, you know, bears, bulls, like the yeah, bear and bull market, investing, yeah. you know, both make money, but pigs as in being greedy, pigs get slaughtered. Yeah, and you know, I think I think this might be an interesting conversation to bring in like one of our buddies who understands the stock yeah, market. Yeah, definitely people that know how this operates yeah. better than we do. <clears throat> but you know, my layman's understanding of the stock market, in my opinion, is that basically the stock market is an indicator for rich people's feelings. <laughs> that's 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 honestly how I feel. I feel like I mean, and I think this whole thing showed how. Um, you know, how volatile the market really, how playing the stock market can be really volatile. Like, it's, it's you know, and especially with these cryptos, man. Like, the cryptos seem, like, man, there are some, like, dude, I saw one the other day that was diarrhea coin. Diarrhea coin? Diarrhea coin. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, I would invest in diarrhea coin. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like all these, like, I, I just, like... I think that I think like you know oh I let me not forget NFTs which were huge this year as well you know I had a lot of buddies you know like uh, I had one friend who was like into this NBA top ups thing right where they get like NFTs of like certain moments in basketball like you know oh Le- LeBron you know did did this but fucking bullshit whatever <laughs> and uh, and um, I don't know I I, I think that. It's, it's very, I think it speaks to a larger problem. And I think this actually ties to my first story in that 
I feel like there's a, especially last year, there's a general like hopelessness, right? There's a general like, like, you know, everything's shut down. Economic anxiety. Economic anxieties for sure, right? And I, and you realize how fragile your job could be. Oh, totally, totally. All these fucking cocksuckers are like, oh, I got health care through my. For a lot of people our age, we've witnessed a couple economic collapses. Yeah, we had 2008. So I think at this point, for a lot of people our age, we're like, wow, you got to get in anywhere you can. Yeah. Get that money anywhere you can. Right. Be it's the stock market, the hustle generation, the hustle, the hustle. You know, but, or or OnlyFans or or whatever it may yeah. be. You know, side Everything side note. You got to turn in America nowadays. You got to turn your hobbies into commodities. Right, and that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the day I'm paid for this, someone should get sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, most likely our moms will just listen, but you know what? They will be loyal listeners. <laughs> um, and Bucky. And Bucky. Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. That's our that's our fourth view. Yeah, that's on, our, f- our fourth on view. Spotify, yeah, rock. and he listened to it five times in a row. Yeah, he's a huge fan. He listens to it when he goes to sleep, when he wakes up and makes breakfast. When yeah, he does the dishes. Yeah, yeah. When he licks his feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I think, I think it speaks to the, this bigger problem. Like I said, that I don't think that there's a lot of like young people our age who believe that they could become successful or wealthy by nor by normal quote unquote normal means right Just go to your job nine to five and- right right and there's you know and there's a lot of stuff i, I probably next week i'm probably going to talk about like um there's like this whole thing right now where like even like like anchors on like CNN are saying like what's wrong with this generation they don't want to get out because they're getting that unemployment check you know the $300 oh thanks um you know what i mean and like i think you know there's like a lot of boomers who are going like why don't you just get back out and work and i think that this year in particular it had a lot of people like reexamine their lives i mean you know Definitely. i think it added a sense of urgency to a lot right of people. right and, and i i think people kind of looked around and are like you know what i don't have to do a job that i don't like exactly exactly and you know things so fragile right a lot of us were just working for a paycheck right we're just working to get that to get that paycheck and you know the thing is is that i i think that there's this big movement right now where there's a lot of people who are just like they want to you know they want to work from home maybe you know a mom decided that she wants to you know uh you know spend more time with her kids or whatever but the point i'm trying to get to here is that I think that especially with this, with all these like get rich quick, you know, like the NFTs, Doge, whatever, all that stuff. I think a lot of it has to do with like kind of a, like, like you said, an economic anxiety and like a hopelessness that they will never reach like measurable wealth unless they like, you know, unless it's by like some like fluke, like a GameStop stock or like, you know, something like that. And I think... You know, I think it's like a gold rush almost. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's almost exactly like Modern that. Day gold yeah, rush exactly. And I was like that last dude coming into San Francisco, we were like, "Oh, try to find some gold." <laughs> but you know, like, 
and the people making the money are the ones selling the tools. Right, exactly, exactly. And I think there was a lot of shady shit behind the scenes, of course, you know, with, like, Citadel, you know, like, um, which owned Robin Hood, like, preventing people from buying shares, right? If they want to buy you know, a bunch of shares they should be allowed to, right? That's what the whole point of Robin Hood was. I think that was somewhat interesting. The name's ironic. I know, right? Ironic. Well, the, the whole point of Robin Hood was to be an app for, for small investors. The dumb money. Right, exactly, the dumb money. And, you know, I, I, just, I just think that... This speaks to a lot of people of our generation, and maybe even the younger younger generation, but, you know, that we feel like, you know, a lot of us come out of school with just fucking debt, you know, all this stuff, like right out the starting blocks, right? We get out right out the starting blocks in some debt, right? And that's why a lot of our 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 brightest people, they end up going working on Wall Street or working for some fucking company, you know what I mean? Because they're like, oh shit, I have all this money in fucking student loans, I have to get a job that's gonna pay me, you know? And I don't know, I just think that this whole thing of, like like I said, the get, I called it the year of the get rich quick scheme because I feel like it just further showed that there's like a want for... Um, you know, obviously to be successful, but almost that, you know, they, like I said, they can't get successful through normal, normal means, you know. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? It's like paper chasing on mass. Yeah, know? exactly. And like I said, a lot of people, young people especially, like aren't happy with jobs they have. Nobody wants to be stuck you know, in an eight hour a day, five days a week or more doing a job that they're not happy with, where they don't like their supervisors, they don't like their coworkers, they're not getting satisfaction about it, they're not passionate about it. Right. Everybody's sick of being stuck in here, especially because in, in that state, but especially because you're not getting compensated or you don't feel like you're adequately getting compensated for your time, you know, it's not as appealing to do something you're not into if you're not getting what you feel like you deserve out of it so yeah you look for alternate means to make money and you know the internet has opened up a lot of opportunities yes but there's also a lot of opportunities to lose money and you know it feels like these days that you know everybody online's got their hand out everybody's yeah. got their hand oh out yeah online. oh we got plenty to say so, about that we might talk about that next week yeah, but yeah. but um, like, okay, like, what do you think? Everybody, th everybody's got their hands out and everybody's, you know, buying stuff too, so. Well, I think. any way you can to try and, you know, etch out some sense of comfort, especially after coming off the pandemic, coming off an economic collapse. Yeah. You know, you realize how fragile your job is, the economy, your state of well-being. The know? world. So you're just looking for any economic cushion that you can yeah. find anywhere to give you that comfort and reduce that anxiety, that financial stress hanging over your head. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you know, I don't blame anybody for, for getting caught up in this. I think it's natural. I, you know, I, I bought the AMCs. I bought the, I bought the, G I bought the GameStop. You know, we're, <laughs> we're a party to it also, but right. you know, it's, it's, you know, we're, it's definitely something. So like, yeah, we're, we're not basically what you're trying to say is like, we're no better than you of know not. of course you know uh, this is just the state of living in 
the late stage capitalism, capitalism yeah, that is yeah. America. Yeah. You gotta commodify everything. Commodify your daily existence. Look for money anywhere you can. You know, make money anywhere. Sad state of affairs. Yeah. Go on OnlyFans. Post your okay. butt. Okay, wait, wait. Real quick, though. I've been thinking this about OnlyFans. Like, like, imagine... Like, they are making money hand over fist on like a lot of girls are making money hand over fist and you foolishly as a man think you can make money um, the top 10 percent maybe on only fans right 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 how many of them are really making more than like a thousand dollars a month i think you'd be surprised more than 10 percent yeah more than 30 percent now you want to look it up? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I well, you know, I don't want to. Well, OnlyFans is just an example. You know, there's ways men are doing it, like streaming. Tons right, of people getting right. tons of guys right. or women getting into streaming these days, be it video games or you know, I like the just chatting stuff like this. You know, we're not streaming live video, but maybe one day. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just streaming on Twitch or whatever. You know, you get subscribers that give you donations. Okay, okay. Just commodify those hobbies. People making All right. influencer pages. I, I got, I got, I got outdoors the, activities or for marijuana or for whatever. I got the documents. You I got, got the documents. All right. So we got. There's one million plus creators on OnlyFans. Okay. Um. 7,000 to 8,000 new content creators per day. Damn. 3.5 million registered users. Crazy. Um, I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, OnlyFans takes a 20% cut on users' transactions, right? So, That's like, remember. Yeah, well, remember how I told you, like, they get you to buy the month and then they basically, like, sell you, like, pay per view videos to buy or sets, like, you know, like outfit sets or whatever. Um,. The average earnings from OnlyFan is only one hundred and eighty dollars a month. So you're right. So yeah, maybe it is, maybe it is, uh, you know, just like you know, like you said, the top ten percent of OnlyFans creators. But like, imagine if you're like, if like you're a young kid and your mom is like one of the top ten percent creators on OnlyFans, <laughs> and like, yeah, and um, I don't know. I just I think. Uh, I just, I think it's funny, like, you know, just, like, thinking about, like, you know, like, generational wealth <laughs> built into family through OnlyFans. Well, you know, since we're on the topic, you want to lead into one, one we've discussed as a, as a potential topic, but just continuing on this line, I've noticed that, um, online. All right, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get with, into it. With women, yeah, since we're here, might as well, uh, broach the topic, um, you know, I noticed a goal is for the content creators on OnlyFans to get people on their on their IGs or their Twitters, especially the Twitters where I see it most, and just have people send money directly to their Venmos, Cash Apps, <sighs> PayPal, the Simps. Get the, the Simps. Simps sending them money. Hey, break the down, Simp dollars worth a lot. Break down the OnlyFans. Post your post your PG rated pics or PG thirteen pics on Twitter or Instagram. Gain a following there. Have people that are really into you get your OnlyFans going, but then really, like, you go to uh, so many times, I'll see a girl, an attractive girl, post her photos, and I'll be like, oh, she's she's hot, let me look at more info, click her page, and in the bio, nothing, nothing really, except here's my Venmo, or here's my cash, my cash app, app. Yeah. here's my PayPal, send me money. And sometimes I've seen it get so desperate, <laughs> just, just, I'll see posts from certain 
Twitter pages just saying, men, send me money. It's kind of funny. Like, I, I can kind of hear the tone, like, men, send me money. Men? Calling all men. Calling all men. Send me money. <laughs> Send me money. Why? Because I exist. Yeah. I guess. I mean, we all deserve a little something just for existing. Look, existing maybe, maybe, hey, maybe, maybe she's just asking for a UBI. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she's asking. What they need is UBI, but you know, this is just, you know, a way, I guess, the quick, quick and easy way. Cut out the OnlyFans middleman and just have yeah. your Sims. That's the late. That's the that's the lazy. That's the lazy Go person who wants. Yeah. But the reason, you know, I we were debating it as a topic for a segment we want to do called the our shaming. Segment. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna but end each of our weekly episodes with the shame on you segment. I, I feel like there is a little. It, it is a little bit. I can't help but just be like, that's a little gross. It is. Like, it what it are really you is. Offering? You're just there. It's painful. Well, they're offering nothing. It's yeah. It, it, it's okay. So what I said to you in like uh, just you know message. It's just online, you know, and you see people spanging, homeless spanging for cash, panhandling for cash on the streets all the time. Most people turn a blind eye to them, you know, and... Zach, noted friend need. of the homeless. Yeah, and they're probably in more need than, than a lot of people... A homeless ally. ...the majority of their time on Twitter. Shout out to the homeless community. Shouts out. want to help your community, help out the homeless. That's right. There. The Hey, but, two, two social workers right here. Hell yeah. But, um... You know, it's just, it's a way that, that kind of just panhandling and spanging has translated to online for people that aren't even as destitute as, you know, the homeless community may be. Well, but it's just because, like, oh, you know, a hot girl has hot pictures and I want her to notice me. And right. so she's, and, and, you know, I don't put blame Blame no, I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them. Like, especially if it works. Yeah, like, of course. Know, I was able to get money Dude, if I was it. able to, if yeah. I was able to send out a tweet that says women or men, everybody, <laughs> everybody, send Pay me tribute. money. I have an $800 citation right now. Send me money. For fucking and, walking outside. And, and people send me money, I would be ecstatic. And I would do that probably weekly, if not more. But <laughs> it's still just gross because, like I said, everybody's got their hand out everywhere. Everybody's looking to make a quick right. buck. To just well, when, well, when you're saying, like, everyone has their hand out, I think that kind of has, like, a negative connotation, because that's what people say, like, when they're against, like, government policies, like a UBI or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. yeah they, they constantly go, like, oh, yeah, people with their hands out. But I know what you're saying. You're, you're saying, literally, they just, they're having their hands out. Well, one of the things that drove me fucking crazy about this topic was, was one that you sent me, where it was, like, was, like, Please donate to my cash app. I need more gender affirming clothes and all this stuff. I'm like, bitch, I wish I had fucking, I had people sending me money for clothes. Yeah, so that's the one where in conversation, maybe I've been swayed. I can swayed a little bit after having this conversation with another friend. Um, but yeah, like a, I saw a post and it was like, you know, at the start of Pride Month. And it was like, hey, any queer colored people transgendered colored people drop your cash apps and your Venmos here and allies send them money because and I was Gross. like is that the right move like I understand like if you're an ally if you want to help people in those situations donate to know, a fucking charity then that's what I was saying I'm like oh you know is this like what the forebears of these movements had in mind like just every individual collects cash from other individuals just because well every you know, every 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 movement gets co-opted in some way and, and yeah i mean everything is going to be commodified be it right. you know your 
you know, your 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 identity, transgender movements, <laughs> yeah. your identity, everything that you can get, you know. But our friend did point it out to me. He said, you know, he was like, cut people like that a little bit of slack because a lot of times, you know, those people. He was like, he was like, I hear your point with saying like, yeah, send money to more community based organizations. Like right. That that's what makes sense to me. The cause for everybody. He's like, that's probably the move in the long run. But short term, there are people out there who are destitute or, or, or homeless because they are a transgender person or because they are a queer person. They can't get stable housing right. because they're, they're, they're queer or they're transgender. Right. And I'm not part of the LGBT community in general. And- and I'm and I'm and I'm totally for supporting trans, you know, queer, whatever, whatever on the the LGBTQAI plus. I think something like something that. like that. Don't don't butcher you me for that. You could just say LGBTQ. LGBTQ well, plus. You know LGD. Yeah. Well, there's just there's just so many goddamn letters. I can't remember them all. Oh, come on, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah, that did sound. Anyway, but. I don't know. I think the the point that you know I would make with this is that I think like yeah, like I understand that, and I'm totally for trans rights, all that shit. You know, like like and well, all like that this friend expressed to me. Sometimes individuals can be in bad situations financially or housing wise. I'm in a bad situation financially because of the you're there because you are who you are. And these people <laughs> what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> and, and, but these people are there because they're transgender. I mean, because they're queer, they are put in a situation where they can't find stable housing. They're right. kicked out of their house unexpectedly. They okay. Can't land yeah, and I, I can see. I can so, see that. Yeah, I guess in the micro sense, I would, you know, maybe it can be a kind move, but I would. For when it comes to strangers online, I'm just like, how do I know this person's really who they? That's say my they that's are? my point. How, that, you yeah. Know, if you know someone individually like that, yes, of course, lending the helping hands to people, you of know, course, to people in your community is good, you know. But the online thing, there's a little bit of a disconnect there and a little it, bit of a detachment. If I'm gonna be completely know, honest, like it feels like a grift money, a little bit. Yeah. It feels like a grift a it little bit. It feels like you're just throwing money into the crypto void yeah you know, rather than oh wait actually one of the things know, one of, yeah. these causes right you know? right so i guess the challenge here is like striking a balance between like you know aiding individuals and also aiding the larger the larger community in 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 your local area or the country you know so yeah no i i there, there is a little bit of a difference i think between uh just regular and just between like at least a girl saying men send me yeah, money and then yeah, yeah. okay all right and, I, you know, I, I, I can I, a queer person asking for donations because they can't find stable housing because that, they're gay or whatever sure but the, the one you sent me in particular was for clothes let's yeah. be honest let's like it's i like, need clothes to match my gender identity yeah <laughs> I mean, if you, if it's, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to find the right, I, I, like. That would be a situation where someone in that person's immediate life that will not buy them, them clothes that loves them can say, hey, you know what? I have extra women or men right. clothes. 
that you can have. Or I have a friend that has extra clothes. We all got extra clothes. We all could clear We a dude so you know, many. Why send them money? Say why can't you send me the clothes directly? Why why does the, why has it got to be the cash? Because why they because be hard be, currency. Because they want to go to the store. They want to go to the store and have one of those eighties like what they, Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, it's real. It's real. As you're looking at my fucking thousand multi thousand dollar record collection. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you started posting online that you're like, hey, can people send me money for my record collection? I'm very depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, what if people did? What if people did? Um, I'd probably... Fault, I'd, is it your fault or their fault for mm, sending you money? Or is there any that, is a, that is a really good point. Uh, Do you just I mean, partially because you're not happy and the records make you happy? I mean... Or do you not deserve it because we're all working hard and we all are unhappy and we mm, all need money? Yeah. So do you deserve the money just because you're not happy with your situation and the records or whatever you're going to buy makes you happy? But be, but then the people that's sending the money, I guess, I guess it's up to the sender, really. It's, there, it's on them. I guess if they got a lot of extra cash that they can just throw to random strangers online, that's their prerogative. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I, I guess... That's who the real problem is. <laughs> it's the real problem. <laughs> the people, they send that money to tax those motherfuckers. Anyone that's got any spare money to send to random models online. Any yeah. simps with yeah. extra cash to send to, to women on, that they're lusting over online yeah. should be tax should be jump up a tax <laughs> federal law. <laughs> yeah. Bro, spend your money smarter. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, I think you're I think you're you're right. You're right. Um you changed my mind definitely on that issue cuz that that definitely makes more sense, but again, like on the internet I could fucking say anything. I can say that, you know, I'm whatever. I mean, shit, I could go on Twitter right now and say that I'm trans and that I'm looking yeah, for... I mean, someone could do a dig through your profile and, like, just by a five, ten minute scan of your profile can tell you're not a tra- transgender person. So... How would you know? Just by looking at it, you can yeah. tell. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the argument of saying, like, well, if the, we make the bathrooms unisex and any man can just go into the woman's bathroom it's like no you can fucking tell yeah that's a, just some weirdo creep going in the bathroom people, people who, or people, a legit transgender person using pe- the bathroom people who get upset them. about that issue i think is so funny they they, they well, it's just one of those non-issues yeah you know, it really that, is that, it's a culture war yeah, issue that, yeah it's one of those it's not even worth talking about right, yeah that the right pushes and, all right, well, we're we're closing in on 70 minutes, so I think okay. we should get to our shame on you. Was that not the shame on you? Or you want to just... call that one the shame on you, or did you want to jump into the one we had originally well, planned? I, I mean, I already got the documents. Right. We can do a quick, quick right, little. Yeah. That, this is a two-part shame on you, so definitely shame. Wait, 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 but hold on. Is it shame on the people giving the money, or is it shame on the people asking? All parties involved. All right, good. <laughs> Everyone's terrible. Good. Shame. Shame. Okay, so our second shame on you is, I mean, it, now, now, as we're recording, it's probably been about like a week and a half since the, the Mayweather-Paul uh, fight. Yes. Um, and... I think this is also another instance of shame on you for all parties involved. Hmm. All parties. Because, oh my god, it's, it's just, it, um, <laughs> um, an announcement by Bosco's lovely mother. Yes. Um, so, uh, they're exiting the building. Yes. Uh, 
So, okay, let me just read some some numbers I got for you, okay? So Mayweather, Mayweather told uh, TMZ Sports that he made $30 million before he even got in the ring. Right, so I don't walking know. Down the, walking well, down he the said road. he said he got thirty million just based off of his trunk sponsors alone. That's what he's he claims. But you know, I Bump mean, him up the tax bracket. Yeah, yeah, just for you know, at least just for the fact that he, he fucking beats women. Um, Paul allegedly, to- <laughs> multiple times allegedly. <laughs> um, and then Paul said he made about twenty million. So that's crazy. That's a big payout. There were one million pay-per-view buys. Uh, one of the funniest things I thought about this was Floyd Mayweather had the comment that, man, this is, this is legalized bank robbing. <laughs> so, I... I mean, if that's how he feels about it, that must have been some real easy money. Dude, that's well, yeah. He didn't even have to fight the guy, really. Like, they didn't even really fight. Like, all the memes online oh, were... was fake for sure. All, oh, yeah, it dude. Dude, sure. you would have gotten more enjoyment out of fucking wrestling than you would than a boxing. There is nothing set up there that was gonna have either of them win. It was just for all for show. It's just all that celebrity boxing match now is going to become a common thing. Yeah. This is the Paul brothers. Well, I mean, it was it you know was what? a good career move for them. Yeah. You know, shame on the Paul brothers in general. That could be a. a I mean, Logan Paul was the dude with the suicide forest yeah. whole thing. You yeah. Know what I mean, so, so you know, we're not working with the best people here. And then Jake Paul, who was allegedly uh, accused by the New York Times of rape. <laughs> the New York Times said it, not me, okay? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, one, one of the points that interested me about this is that, like, basically the Paul, the Paul brothers in general have been basically in a way um, been uh, validated um, somewhat in boxing now because you know Paul's gone up against uh Jake Paul um you know he went up against Nate Robinson a a basketball player he went up against Ben Askren a fucking uh a champion wrestler with no hands in a boxing match um and then we got we got uh what's his name fuck what's the other one's name Logan Logan Paul who fought Mayweather. Uh, Logan, you know, uh, I think he had one other fight under his belt that that he lost. Um, But the thing is, is that now Logan, uh, Logan Paul can say, Hey, I went, I, 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 I lasted eight rounds with one of the best, with one of the best boxers of all time. Right. Yeah. In a setup event. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm saying he can say that, you know what I mean? And you know, I even I even heard Joe Rogan say some nice things about. I'm like, bro, if anybody, I thought you would be calling this bullshit, but guess not. No, they're all in cahoots. It's all the celebrity machine, all making money for each yeah. other. So I thought this was interesting. So um, there's a term in boxing called a can, like a can fight, right? I I hadn't heard it with it. So this is the the definition. So a can is a fighter with a poor or diminished skills. Uh, who may be considered an easy opponent to defeat or a guaranteed win. So, yeah, that's basically what it is. Right? So, uh, fights uh, with tomato cans can be arranged to inflate the win win total of a professional fighter. Mm. Right? And, um, you know... Boxing is the most rigged sport of all time. Totally. I think that goes without saying. Next to baseball. Totally. 
And let's just be honest. No, no one really gives a shit about boxing nowadays. I mean, like, I can't even. I like what. I, try and name. Try and name someone who's active in boxing other than the people mentioned who are popular. Evander Holyfield. Okay, that dude is old as shit. So try again. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> okay, Joe Frazier. That was during Ali. Okay. Max Schmeling, Hitler's favorite. <laughs> okay, so the point is, is that. There's not really in anybody in boxing who's a draw name other than Mayweather, but Mayweather's retired. Oscar De La Hoya, transgender rights. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back around. Bringing it back around. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I, I think this just kind of, sh- this is just, it's all just a fucking show. And then the crazy thing is, is that when I saw people online they're all going like, oh, I've been robbed. The people who bought this fight have been robbed. And I'm like, what did you fucking expect? What did you expect buying into this horseshit shit show? And you, you know... I think everybody really wanted to see... Jake Paul get knocked yeah, out. Logan but Paul. Logan, Logan Paul whatever. They, dude, out. they're fucking... They look exactly the I, same. Logan and Jake both know how they're viewed but I yeah. think on mass and I think they revel in that yeah. and I think that gets some money the problem with the Paul brothers they're is professional heels we, <laughs> as, a, as a culture we have a problem of making stupid people famous and making yeah. stupid people yeah. a lot of money for being stupid, that should be that, sh- that should be on that should be on the fucking uh, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> we're fam- <laughs> we're famous for making stupid people famous. <laughs> That's what we're best at over here. But, oh yeah. You know, we could all collectively, as as a, as a society, <laughs> yeah. as in a country, choose to ignore the Paul brothers, and they would be nobodies, and they would have nothing. But we don't because they are great at getting the hate, getting the heat. And they're they, heels. Yeah, and they live in that, and that 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 makes them a lot of money. And people want to go want to go watch this fight, watch him get knocked out, and it's set up from the beginning. They all know all parties backstage know what's going on. They both Mayweather and and Logan. They look at each other. They're like, yeah, nothing's gonna happen. We're all in it for the well, cat, well, we're all in it for the paycheck. Well, well you know, it's, we know you know what's funny guys. during if during knock the you out, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll get the cheers, but that won't get. But then he'll he won't be able to continue mm-hmm. fighting. And yeah, want him to continue fighting. Right. Continue. So that's why they did they didn't have an end in a knockout is yeah. because because if you know if, if he gets knocked out there he's he's, he's done. done. But that's not gonna happen because yeah. they want those more to more and so, watch there'll be even more celebrity boxing. Well, funny enough, he just brought that up Zach (laughs) funny enough you just brought that up Zach because I got something here that's upcoming I know you're looking forward to it it's the YouTube versus TikTok social gloves battle of the platforms wow yeah, fucking. It sounds horrible. It sounds terrible. We're in a cultural void right now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and and I, you know, I, I think all this shit really just serves to do is content for content's sake. It's yeah. a it's a nonstop content loop where what we do is we fucking we, you know these people they start these YouTube beefs and you know oh I'm this this guy you know whatever and it just serves to feed this never ending loop of content which hopefully. Arch is one, you know, and please, please recommend and Hopefully share. Hopefully, we add more <laughs> valuable content into the world. That's the bar we're trying to reach. That's the bar. That's the bar we're trying to reach. If we, if we have a, a, a 
half a percent of the viewership that the Paul brothers have, but our content is much more valuable, then we will have succeeded in our mission. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's what value do the Paul brothers add to a to our country, to our culture, None at all. To, to the world? Nothing. Nothing. And what value does us YouTube versus TikTok boxing tournament add to Nothing. our lives? It does not enrich our lives. It does not spark intellectual conversation. It doesn't em- push policy change. It doesn't solve the Israel-Palestine <laughs> conflict. It doesn't help the billionaires get taxed anymore. It's just some mindless... This bullshit. Yeah, that, that's there simply just so people can get drunk and not feel so miserable. Well, no, dude, dude, one of the points you hit me with, because I was a fan of the UFC for a while, right? And, you know, me and, me and you, we've had at length discussions about, about combat sports. Every time I'd watch UFC, you're like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Would that be fair Boring. to say? Boring. As a spectator sport. Right. I want to make that clear. I've never participated. Maybe it's very fun. Maybe it's a great sport to participate in. But as a spectator sport, it's lame. It's dull. It's okay. boring. But the point you hit me with when you said that a bunch of... The only reason why you say fighting is good is because a bunch of dudes got together, bought the pay-per-view, and then they got drunk enough to convince themselves that... It was worth the purchase. Dude, oh my god, that was... And I I was prepared to fight you on that, but you hit me with that, and I was like, shit, he's right. (laughs) He's he's right. Because sometimes I'd buy these fucking pay-per-views, and they're like $60, and then I'm just like, that wasn't really worth it. It brings me to my next question. You know, a segment we wanted to do is uh, a weekly conspiracy theory. And a lot of my conspiracy theories are based <laughs> on stuff being fake. I'll save the one I had in mind for next week. But this brings me to an interesting one that I consider every now and then. I've heard other people echo it. Is sports fake? Sports large. Professional sports. Hmm. Are, how often are professional sports rigged? You see it in the NBA gets this question a lot. And everybody's like, of course the NBA is not staged. Of course it's not rigged. But then ask the, ask the 2000... see people will complain online and it feels like people will be like, oh, does the NBA want LeBron to win? Does the NBA want the Lakers to be good? Sometimes it ask, no, 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 no. Ask, ask the build. 2001 Sacramento Kings. They went up against the Lakers the Kobe Bryant Shaq Lakers they went up against them in the first round and man like the amount of bullshit in that series it seemed like yeah they were trying to push you know Kobe and Shaq you know basically the Lakers into the finals and you know what's interesting is interesting this year I mean, we know that celebrity boxing matches are fake but yes. the question here yes. is how much does this so we're de- we're 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 definitive we're definitively um, saying that the Paul fight was fake, yes, right? Yeah, I'll go out on a limb and yes. say ninety percent of these fucking yeah. celebrity boxing and you know what? Are and you know what? Wrestling and wrestling's fake. Way more entertaining. <laughs> all right. Now if Jake, at least you're the open about. Yeah. It. All right. Yeah. Kayfabe is a thing, but yeah. no one's lying to themselves and be like, yeah, this is gonna no. be a competitive. They're match. showmen. They're showmen. But uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. How much does this trickle out into actual elite athletes in the professional levels, at the highest levels? NBA, NFL, pro boxing, UFC. I don't How know. How much of that is rigged or fake? There's a lot of people that think that these 
that the commissioners and the leagues make more money when certain teams and certain players succeed. The Patriots. Certain storylines. How come Tom Brady's always winning? Maybe, yeah, maybe he's just the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Or maybe it's rigged <laughs> so he wins every time because that gets the most views, that gets the yeah. most money. Tom Brady's the cash cow, he's the golden boy. Yeah. Have him win time and Come time on again up. for eternity. Is that is that all I get? He, Come on, yeah, give winning. me a smooch. <laughs> give me a smooch. Tom Brady is still winning Super Bowls into his 50s. Football's fake. <laughs> if LeBron James and the Lakers win another goddamn NBA championship, the NBA's fake. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think certain aspects of it could be rigged, but it being fake overall, I don't know if I can. I don't know. That would. I mean, maybe maybe on the micro level, like season matches aren't rigged, but like. Like you're talking about like playoffs, lines, yeah. You know, Storylines like yeah. oh this you know this great player be it LeBron or Tom Brady or, right. or whoever. Okay, I'll give I'll give you I'll give you example. I'll give you example. I'll give you a fucking example. I'll give you a fucking example. It makes me still upset to this fucking day. The fucking Super Bowl between the Niners and the Ravens. Okay, the mm-hmm. bull the bullshit Super Bowl. Okay, all right. Yeah. They turned the lights. Oh my god. Not even just that, okay? But the storyline going into it was oh, Ray Rice. You know, not Ray Rice. That's the dude that Ray beat Lewis. Ray Lewis. <laughs> um, okay, Ray Rice was on the fa- on the on the uh, the Ravens. guy Raven, so yeah. I'm not that far off, but Ray Lewis, you know, that was his last year. So his last year in the NFL, he just happens to make it to the to the to the to the bowl, right? The Niners are. This is the 2013 Super Bowl. Yes, and the Niners were winning handedly, handedly. Then all of a sudden. Wasn't it the other way around? No, 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 no. The Niners were winning. Yeah. The Niners were winning, and I was like, "Dude, am I about to see a Niners win for the first time in my life? Like a Niners win the bowl? That's gonna be fucking crazy. That's my team. That's my team." Um, and then the blackout happens. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the other way around? You no, sure I'm almost certain because because then the Ravens won, uh-huh. right? But the Ravens were losing going into the, the to the blackout. Off, yeah, yeah. I don't know what Power happened. Outage. Yeah, and they the fucking Super Bowl, come on, come on, dude. The Super Bowl and there's a power it outage. Happens in any professional. Sport. I've never seen it happen before, and then all of a sudden. The Ravens pull it out and win. On the biggest stage. So, you know, do I think that was fake? Was it, you know, I I don't know. I mean, because they still played. Do I still think it's fishy to this day? Definitely. Definitely. And also, also fuck Ray Lewis, because Ray Lewis was, did you know Ray Lewis was a witness to murder? Allegedly. Allegedly. And uh, allegedly, he didn't know where a blood-stained white suit that he threw into the garbage went. Well, he's just a rough guy who lived a rough life. Well, you know, he's one of those, he's one of those dudes who adopts Jesus, and then, you know, basically can just hide under that, that whole, you know, I'm a religious man bullshit. So. Anyway. Are sports fake? Are they? That's for, That's for you to think. That's for you to sit on and think. <laughs> Perhaps, like I said, maybe the season activities, the training camps, the effort that pro athletes put into it, that's all real. Um, and the training and all and all the collegiate level and stuff, that's all real. 
But at the highest level, the storylines that pro leagues want to happen, like I said, be it for a golden athlete, a golden child athlete, or for favorite teams, yeah. you know, there's storylines that get views. And it, most of it occurs in playoffs or tournaments or, or, or championship games. So how much of this is manipulated, whether it be maybe just light referees calling fate, calling plays in favor of the team that they want to win, you know, or to full-scale rigging? Who that's, knows? That's not for us to say. No, I don't know, but how much, how much of what the league commissioner and the league wants for financial gains, how much of that plays a role in who the ineb- eventual champion is? Is sports fake? Are they? Are sports championships I don't know. matches predetermined? Maybe. Perhaps. Sports Definitely maybe. likely. Possible. It's entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> there are no known knowns and no... <laughs> well, hey, you know, I just want to thank whoever listened. Thank you for dropping in this week. We'll definitely have another episode out next week. We'll learn... We'll learn. Maybe not be so disjointed. Right. Flow. Right. But, you know, we're learning. We're learning. All right. We're learning. We're learning, babies. We're learning. I will admit it took me like uh, uh, several minutes to loosen up a bit. I felt stiff on the mic at first. Maybe next time, next time get a drink in you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, that's going to do it for us this week. So, you know, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So uh, stay tuned and hear us again next week. Peace. Baseball. Basketball. Greener dog. Short shorts. Cigarette.